0: After further review, we're debuting a new feature as we rewind on the Commanders' Week 4 loss to the Dallas Cowboys. That's next on this edition of the Locked On Commanders Podcast. Come and join us. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the
1: Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hey there, everybody. I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day. We're your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the WUSA 9 app. Your CBS affiliate in Washington, D.C., has a new streaming app that's a game changer for local news and sports all throughout the area. Download the WUSA 9 Plus app and do it from your Roku or Amazon Fire TV stick. No matter how you're joining us, again, we appreciate you. Uh, making it your first listen and/or view of the day, my co-host David Harrison, writing for Sports Illustrated, Fan Nation, and Commander Country, is off for this particular episode. He's back with a crossover Thursday edition as we get you set for the Washington Commanders and the Tennessee Titans. I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Medhurst Show on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app, which you can find live Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time, or anytime on demand, live, free, along with this show on the Odyssey app. When we're not here or there, check out David on Twitter at DHarrison82, me at WrestleMania 621, the show at LO Commanders. And we are brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find... The candidates you want to talk to faster, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. All right, away we go. We'll start with a small smidge roster move, certainly not one that is going to change the face of the commanders uh, organization or uh, fix anything in terms of the three game losing streak. But the Washington commanders uh, have signed Keaton Sutherland, Keaton Sutherland. Uh, to the practice squad, and released center John Toth. Now, that's not Kiefer Sutherland, the actor, fine actor. No, no, no. That that, that would be too good to be true. Maybe that would actually be a difference maker. Nope. Instead, this is Keaton Sutherland, and John Toth was a model slash center slash actor, whatever he was. Uh, He's been on and off the roster. Uh, You know, it's just a move. Now, the big problem is, the Washington Commanders are now facing a situation where Sam Cosmi is going to miss probably several weeks. We don't know the definitive time frame just yet, but Ben Standig was the first to report it uh, on Monday and then first to report it on Tuesday that the Commander's right tackle Cosme underwent thumb surgery Uh, On Tuesday, after getting a second evaluation and seeing the doctors, his recovery time frame is to be determined. Again, have no idea, but you're probably looking at a minimum of two weeks here and maybe more. Now, why is this a problem? Well, he's your starting right tackle, number one. Number two... According to PFF, and I strongly disagree with this evaluation, but it is what it is, he's got a very, very, very high running grade, almost a run-blocking grade, almost a 90 out of 100. Sam Cosme is the number one graded, highest graded offensive player of all of the offensive players. And listen, there's been uh, plenty of bad offensive players uh, this year or guys that haven't done their job well enough. But Sam Cosme, he's number one for the commanders. And now he's lost probably again for a minimum of two weeks. We don't know. We don't know officially uh, Ron might have a time frame, but I would, you know, if I had to guess it would be at least two to four weeks, something in that range, but that's just purely a guess. Now, again, Cosme has been atrocious in pass protection, uh, but the grade is what the grade is, right? PFF breaks down every play, every snap and not coaches, you know, they're, They don't know assignments, uh, but they kind of figure it out. Uh, And again, very high run grade, uh, pass uh, run, run blocking grade. Not as low of a pass blocking grade as I thought. And I don't, I have no idea what they're looking at, if we're being totally honest. So Cosme out, you know, at least for some time. Um, and then there's this. Chase Roulier is going to have surgery on his knee this week now that the swelling has gone down. The second opinion, he's, of course, been out since week number two, and they also – are going to apparently keep open the option of him coming back at some point late in the season. We'll see about that. But Field Yates of ESPN also reported that the commanders have converted $4.5 million of Rulier's salary, um, base salary, into bonus, into signing bonus, which creates $3 million worth of cap space. Now, The commanders had approximately $12, $13 million worth of cap space uh, according to over-the-cap before this move, so it should put them in the $15, $16 million roughly range. Don't take it as gospel, but just saying. You kind of wonder, do they go out and make a big free agent signing at some point here as the season spirals out of control? Do they make a trade for somebody as an upgrade? Don't know. Maybe it's at center where it's a carousel. Uh, We'll see about Tyler Larson and whether he can get ready to play. Or is it Nick Martin again? Who I didn't think played horribly on Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys. But that's the situation. Uh, And again, it looks like at least there'll be a possibility for Roulier to come back. And Cosme, again, looks like probably going to miss multiple games. I would imagine at least one. Again, we'll find out more details on Wednesday and Thursday if Ron Rivera is candid uh, with us. So. Some big losses, some expected things, uh, but nobody really came into this week thinking, hey, Sam Cosme is going to be out. We know about Jahan Dotson, probably not going to be around for this week. One to two weeks, Ron said, on Monday, as we covered in the last episode. So we will see uh, how it all goes from here. Coming up next, we're going to debut a new feature that I'm going to do on these particular uh, solo episodes after further review. We'll explain what we mean by that, but a deeper dive into what's gone wrong, what's gone right, and let's face it, a lot has gone wrong, and maybe why the Commanders are struggling. That's next, right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. But first, our friends at LinkedIn want to let you know that it's fall. You know it. It's chillier. There's no doubt about that. But you need the right people as you head towards the holidays, right, and the winter, Uh, on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn jobs is here to make, It easier to find the people you want to talk to, but faster and for free. How about that, right? Uh, I've told you guys that I ran a small business, an LLC. I have no idea what I'm doing. I wish I had LinkedIn Jobs as a resource uh, back when I had to run it because it would have made and simplified some things easier. Now, if only anybody could figure out the legal end of it, that would be great. Uh, But the point being is I had to screen my candidates. I had to get Uh, Resumes. I had to sift through that stuff. I had to do it myself. You don't have to do it yourself. If you create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs, you reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million. People, that's right, 810 million people. Then you add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Again, simple tools, screening questions, making it easier to focus on candidates with just the right skills and the people that you want to talk to so you can quickly prioritize that and hire somebody or maybe hire more than one body. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires Versus leading competitors, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know? Every week, again, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. I know I do it all the time, right? Because never know. Uh, I work in radio. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com/slash-locked-on-NFL. That's LinkedIn.com/slash-locked-on-NFL to post your job for free. Of course, terms and conditions apply.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, thanks for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and your first view of the day. Of course, we appreciate you no matter which way you consume the product. And make sure you check out NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL, Locked On's local experts. That would be us. Uh, Give you the inside scoop on the five biggest games of the NFL weekend. Somehow, I don't think the Commanders and the Titans are going to qualify for this, but you never know. Including Sunday and Monday night football. Not in that realm, not in that neighborhood. Plus, betting advice from the field's leading experts at Bet Online. Follow NFL key predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we're going to start, and after further review, Uh, Today, it's going to be two segments. We're going to look at some game situations coming up in our final segment, but now we're going to dig deeper into some of the struggles, some of the issues, some of the challenges facing the commanders, at least on offense. And let's be honest, offense, defense, special teams, coaching, everything's broken, right? Let's just be totally honest. Uh, This is uh, courtesy of my pal Joe Miller of the Navy Football Radio Network. He sent this along while Pete and I were doing the radio show Uh, on Tuesday morning. So we were talking about third and longs and and third down situations. We're going to get more into that in just a sec. But Joe pointed this out. Against the Dallas Cowboys, the average third down distance for the the commanders on offense, average, was third and 11.5. David and I have talked about third and 27, third and 27. There was a fourth and 15, which we're going to get to, but that doesn't even count for this. Two third and 27s obviously bumped that up, but that was on consecutive drives in the third quarter. You cannot have that. You cannot win under any circumstances, and a lot of it was on penalties, but some of it was on sacks and intentional groundings, which essentially is a penalty, but you get the point. Against Philadelphia, the average third down distance was third down and nine. Not great, but again, sort of semi-manageable, right? Third and nine, way different than third and eleven and five. I think everybody can understand that. Versus Detroit, the average third down distance was third and six point eight yards, according to Joe Miller of a Navy Radio Network. You can follow him at Joe Mill Mill Joe. M I L M I L uh and also listen to him and Pete on the It's College Football Podcast because they do a great job as well. Throw them a bone. Uh against Jacksonville. Again, it was a little higher than it was against Detroit. It was the average third down distance to convert was third and seven point five, according to Joe. For the season, the average is third and eight point seven yards to go. Now, um, Here is something that I wanted to pass along, and this is via pro football reference, right? On third and one through three, in terms of third and one, third and two, third and three, in terms of those conversion attempts, Carson Wentz and the commander's offense through four games has a 77.8% completion rate, 6.9 yards per attempt. Two touchdowns, seven first downs, and a 135 quarterback rating. You should be good in this area, right? But that's pretty good. 77.8, nobody going to sneeze about that. Again, two touchdowns, no picks, uh, no sacks, that type of thing. 6.9 yards per attempt. Third and four through six, meaning third and four, third and five, third and six. Again, the same completion percentage, 77.8. A higher yards per attempt average, 8.4. One touchdown instead of the two, but three sacks. No interceptions, but three sacks in third and four through six. Seven first downs. That's the same number as we just gave you third and one through three, and a 138.9 quarterback rating. So it goes up. Third and seven through nine, meaning third and seven, third and eight, third and nine. An 85.7% completion percentage. That's pretty snazzy, right? And a 14.3 14.3 yards per attempt average. Whew. A touchdown, an interception, a sack, and four first downs, down from seven, and a 118.8 quarterback rating. But you can see a trend here, right? Third and one through nine, third and nine or less. Carson Wentz of the commander's offense has actually executed. And some of that was a great start against Jacksonville. But you get the point. It totals 35 times, 35 times. Now, here's the problem. On third and 10 plus, the commanders have run 22 plays on third and 10 plus. Okay? Third down, 10 or more yards to go to get a first down. 22 times. Carson Wentz, 11 of 19. 57.9%, and these are all from Pro Football Reference, 5.1 yards per attempt, a sack, no touchdowns, no pickles, three first downs, and a 71-4 quarterback rating. Now, if you include the fourth down plays that they've actually run and not punted, six of them, you get a total of 28 times 28 times in which they faced third and 10 plus or fourth and whatever, and actually run an offensive play on fourth and whatever. 28 times compared to 35 times in which they've run a third and one through nine play. You see the difference? You can't get into third and 10 plus. It just can't. And we gave you those numbers from Joe Miller. Uh, you know, listen, uh, that all matches up quite honestly uh, with what we're seeing. So that is a big problem. The commanders absolutely have to avoid that, guys. It's that simple, right? All right. So continuing along on our after further review, this from my friend John at ESPN. Carson Wentz's average time in the pocket on Sunday was 2.10 seconds. His time before throwing was 2.58 seconds, meaning sometimes he was throwing from, of course, out of the pocket. Remember that terrible decision he made uh, on the boot roll escape, Micah Parsons chasing him down, and then he's looking downfield, looking downfield, and he doesn't get rid of the football and takes an intentional grounding. Yeah, terrible. Uh, Both were the fastest times, Kime notes, of the season for him. The 2.10 time in the pocket, 2.58 time before throwing. Against the Jaguars, as Kime points out, it was 2.69 in the pocket, compared to 2.10, and 3.14 time before throwing. That either indicates, again, better protection, of course, that could be, or he's taking too long to throw. It kind of depends, right? It kind of depends on how the the game is flowing. John also points out from ESPN, Carson Wentz's total QBR, according to his time before throwing, uh, from the start of the 2021 season, meaning, going to Indianapolis to now and where it ranks within quarterbacks among 14 or more starts during that time, meaning among quarterbacks with 14 or more starts since 2021 and what his QBR is, okay? So his time before throwing, when it's 2.5 seconds or more, John has it at 73.3 total QBR, which is 10th among quarterbacks with, again, 14-plus starts. When it's 0 to 2.4 seconds, meaning under 2.5 seconds, it's a 64.0 total QBR, which ranks him 20th. So you can see, again, kind of less time to throw, right? Um, Less time to throw, his number starts to dip down. Zero to 2.0, it's 57.2. Way less time to throw, his numbers go down. 57.2 QBR, that ranks him 21st in that span from 2021. And 1.9 seconds or less, 44.7 quarterback rating. That ranks him 22nd among quarterbacks, again, with at least 14 starts from the 2021 season. So I think this is an interesting breakdown uh, from John Kahn because it shows the quicker he is to get rid of the football or the quicker the pressure is on him forcing him to throw the football, the worse he gets. Meaning the more protection time, the more time he has to process, generally the more accurate and complete he is. Wentz, this is from me. Wentz has seven interceptions already. Uh, I'm sorry. Wentz had seven interceptions in 17 games last year for the Colts in that 2021 season, an interception rate of 1.4%. He already has five interceptions so far this year through four games. Again, seven through 17 last year, five through four games this year, and an interception percentage rate of 2.9%, more than double the percentage rate of interception in Washington through the first four games than he had all of last year with the Indianapolis Colts through 17 games. Something to keep an eye on. When you throw in the 17 sacks, including one of which was for safety in Detroit and three intentional groundings, which essentially uh, is a sack, that gets you up to 20, guys. That's an average of five per game. You're not winning football games that way, especially with a spotty defense and a very spotty special teams and a very spotty coaching staff. Let's be honest. All right, coming up, we wrap up the show with a further review of some curious coaching decisions, to say the least, from Ronald Eugene Rivera. But first, yes, first, guys, we tell you about... Our friends at BetOnline. You know they're the spot to go. They're the spot that I hang out with and make my wagers. Uh, And uh, I'm not sure which way I'm going to go this week, uh, but it's probably leaning towards Tennessee minus the two and a half, uh, which is where the line was. I wonder if that line is going to move throughout the week, but that's why. You should check out BetOnline.net each and every day. Maybe you might feel better if it goes three, three and a half, uh, you know, three and a half, three and a hook. As the road, as the home dogs, I should say, desperate, right? Um, Tennessee might not have Traylon Burks. We don't know. They have an average quarterback at best, but the commanders, of course, have all sorts of problems. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to be able to track the line spread, the movement, uh, first half, second half, overall, total, all of that. Plus, find out all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and more uh, at BetOnline. Of course, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information and live betting up-to-the-minute scores, and every sport is covered. Whether you like uh, the NFL, college football, Major League Baseball coming down the stretch here and into the playoffs, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game All right, wrapping up shop here on a midweek edition. Again, David, will have a crossover Thursday edition as we get you set for the Tennessee Titans and the Washington Commanders this Sunday at 1 o'clock Eastern time. We continue along with our new feature after further review. And we'll do it like this. I want to take you guys back to the end of the first half. We haven't, we, we, I think we touched on this in the post game episode that David was at AT ATT Stadium for, but we have so limited time, guys. We can't get to everything. So we try and, you know, get to things even at, you know, midweek as we have time to think about it and process it and research it and study it a little bit more. Ron Rivera at the end of the first half, the offense had just scored their only touchdown of the game as it, turned out to be, and, of course, their only touchdown since the first half in Jackson – or in the first half since the Jacksonville game. The Commanders took over possession after not choosing a 10-second runoff on Dallas's touchdown, which put them back in front, right? Dallas was down 7-6 after the Jahan Dotson touchdown, uh, and then uh, they score a touchdown on a long drive, right, aided by a penalty and a non-turnover penalty. Ron didn't like the call, what have you. But the commanders could have taken a 10-second runoff at the 123 mark when Tyler Bedaz, their center, uh, was called for a false start. They chose not to take the 10-second runoff, right? And everybody was a little bit confused at that point. Again, that was at the 123 mark. Then when you're thinking, oh, okay, well, the reason why they're doing that is because they don't want the 10-second runoff. They want time with the ball uh, and with a couple of timeouts. And at that point, three timeouts, they take a timeout. At 109, after, I think it was a a Tony Pollard uh, run that gets them right inside the 10-yard line at the 9-yard line, right? So now they haven't chosen to take the 10-second runoff when they could have. They also then take a timeout at 109. If I have all of this correct, and I, I double-checked, I, if I made a mistake, I'm sorry, but this is the way I saw it, and this is the way I processed it with my notes, and I went back in the game log and so on and so forth. So unless I screwed something up, which I don't think I did. They take a timeout at 109, right, to presumably conserve time on the clock after a running play and to stop the clock, right? Again, you don't want all that time and no chance on offense, right? So then Dallas scores. And after the kickoff with Dallas now in the lead, you get the ball with one minute and four seconds left and two timeouts. And they run J.D. McKissick for a three-yard gain. So right away, they're running, which is what they were doing on first down, which is the game plan, what have you. Don't have a problem with that. They don't take a timeout. What are you doing? They don't take a timeout. Then the playcock clock. And game clock goes from 104 at the start of the McKissick run that we just told you about down to 26 seconds. That is a span of 38 seconds. So they burn all that time clock and now don't use a timeout of which they have two. And now they come out and throw a five yard completion to Logan Thomas, but, they get a break because he's pushed out of bounds. So you don't have to use the second timeout, but you blew all that time in between because you're not hustling. You're huddling. You're taking your time. You're trying to kill out the clock. You're not going for it with two timeouts and a buck four left. Uh, You didn't choose the 10 second runoff. You used the timeout to conserve time, all of that stuff. Maybe you did it to give your defense a break. I don't know. It was a long drive, but the bottom line is, I'm left to kind of wonder because Ron was asked about it after the game and he basically said, oh, we took a deep shot, da-da-da-da-da, but he didn't talk about the game clock and strategy and all that stuff. Um, So then that leaves us with 22 seconds on the clock after Logan Thomas Uh, five-yard completion again out of bounds. So it's third and two, Washington 33, 22 seconds left. You still have two timeouts left, and they run McKissick again for four yards. They get the first down, but now they've got to use timeout number two, and there's 17 seconds left on the clock. So with one timeout left, they come out at 17 seconds, and they take a deep shot. Okay, fine. Probably should have done that earlier in the drive, but whatever. Intended for Jahan Dotson, and it's intercepted by Trayvon Diggs on a nice play. And that basically ends the first half. So you left yourself with one timeout. You didn't use all three. You operated on the Cowboys touchdown drive as if you were trying to conserve clock. Now, maybe, again, with that timeout, you're trying trying to give your defense a break. Got it. Long drive. I understand. The problem is, is why not take the 10-second runoff on the Dallas penalty? Doesn't make any sense, right? Um, never, and then come out, run, pass, run. And then throw a bomb just didn't make a whole lot of sense. You combine that with a somewhat curious decision on fourth and 15 with about eight minutes to go in the game and down by 12. Now a field goal would have only brought them to within nine. You still need two scores. So it's still a two score situation with eight minutes left to go in the game, but a touchdown on a field goal would then have wanted provided that Joey Sly would have kicked a relatively easy field goal. It was fourth and 15 at the Dallas sixteen. With this offense, with this offensive line, with this quarterback, no thanks. I'd rather have kicked the field goal, made it a nine-point game, and taken my shot that way of extending the game and trying to get two possessions in the final eight minutes and hoping that my defense could actually get me a stop when it absolutely needs it. And Sure, they would have had to get two stops. It's a lot to ask, but it's a lot to ask to convert on a 4th and 15 with everything going on in this one. There was another situation earlier in the fourth quarter, 4th and 3 at the start of the fourth quarter, in the first, like, 30 seconds. And Ron, in a 12-point deficit at that point, he chose, it was 22-10, again, very early in the fourth quarter, 4th and 3 for the Commanders. Now, the field position it brings this into question He chose to punt. It was fourth and three from the um, Washington 40. So on his side of the field, again, very different than being at Dallas's 15. Granted, uh, as in the previous situation, and there was more time, but still fourth and three is way different than fourth and 15. And he had to make this decision before he had to make the fourth and 15 decision. Granted, but still semi-curious. Semi-curious. Can't say it was terrible, but semi-curious. All right, so that is our after further review. Just some interesting coaching decisions to maybe add to the fodder. What do you guys think? Let us know. Let us know on the voicemail at 301. 301-615-3577. Sorry, I had a mental block there. 301-615-3577 or Commanders at gmail.com. We want to thank you guys for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and your first view of the day. Come on back for the next episode again. David, will have a crossover Thursday edition as we get you set for the Commanders and the Titans. Now make your second listen and watch the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson giving you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and Available, guys, on all platforms and wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for us today. Again, my partner, David Harrison, back on the next episode. He covers the Washington Commanders for SI.com's Commander Country. I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Matt Herschel on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. We'll be back. Again, crossover Thursday. Be safe out there, everybody, especially with all the rain throughout the DMV and a lot of other areas and the weather changing. Be safe out there. Uh, We'll be back right here on.